Hey, it's Andy here at the beginning of the episode with two things. Number one, I want to mention that the audio in this episode, unfortunately, is going to have a little bit of uh, a little bit of trouble in the middle. Josh, when we recorded this mega episode, our review of episode two and three of Gungrave, had some issues with his computer, and I think we lost some of the audio in the middle. We're going to see how much of that that is as I edit this particular episode. But I wanted to give you a warning. I'm going to do my best to pull some Andy magic out of the hat and try to make it sound listenable. Maybe you have to trim some things, cut some things out a little bit, but we will make the best of it. Number two, if you are an American resident, I just want to implore you at the beginning of this episode, if you have not already done so or are not sure if you are going to participate in this year's election, to vote. And I know that we're just a podcast. We're just three dudes talking about anime but it's super important. And I know that maybe some of the listeners won't agree with some of our stances on certain things, and that's perfectly fine because we are a country of differences, but at the same time, it is your civic duty to go out and vote. And I hope that you, if you are an American and you're listening to this podcast, you take the opportunity on uh, November 3rd to go out and have your voice heard, not only in national election, but in local elections. Get informed, get out there, and have your voice heard. And with that, I hope you enjoy our review of Episode 2 and Episode 3 of Gungrave. I like honesty. So, what'd you have in mind? When I leave tonight, I was hoping you'd allow this young man here to come with me. (laughs) In other words, you came here to rescue him after he was stupid enough to steal my merchandise, correct? Yes, ma'am. You're sharp as a tack. But in addition... Just to prove to you how grateful I am, how would you like to have me as well? Hmm. I've been polishing my skills. I'm in great shape, not to mention pretty good looking. Rest assured, you'll have a wonderful time. In fact, I guarantee it. I see. Sounds exciting. (sighs) Well, men, I'll leave the rest to you. Right. Right. Didn't work, Harry. Now what? I'm in shock. Oh, great. Welcome to Tuning Japanese, a podcast where three dudes in their 30s talk about anime. He's staying behind to get dinner ready for five. It's Bill! That would seem like my role in a gang. (laughs) He's bird-dogging Bill's little sugar loaf. It's Andy. (laughs) I'm not sure what that means, but you're probably going to hit me for it. Yeah, Yeah, that doesn't sound... I'm not sure what it means either, but... It sounds literal. (laughs) It sounds like like you're, you're after sugar bread. Oh, can I have some sugar bread, Bill? I don't even know what sugar bread is. I don't know, but I want it. (laughs) And I'm going to stop talking and go somewhere else. Yay. Oh, God, he's legit leaving. I think I almost saw his dog.
he's 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 legit. He's this is where the video podcast went up. Uh he's Josh. Uh hey everyone. Uh hi Bill. Hi. How are you? I am awake now, so I'm here. That's... I'm Josh. <laughs> he's back. We've folks. moved on he's without back. you. Uh, uh hi guys. Welcome back, Josh. <sighs> Hi, sorry. I I thought I heard somebody calling for me. I had to, I had to go somewhere. He is out of shape. He just walked in the other room. <laughs> he walked really slowly too. I know. He did like he crawled back on all fours. Dude, I I was pretty much laid up for two months. I <laughs> I haven't I haven't gotten my my fat boy uh, uh, legs back yet. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait. That was my EDM band. <laughs> Josh's fat boy legs. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Mm, that sounds tasty, actually. Uh, hey, we're here this week on another yeah. episode of Tuning Japanese to talk about more gun grave. Drumsticks <gasps> or cake on them. <laughs> <laughs> Lord almighty. Hey, we're here to talk about, uh, we got a twofer for you. Uh, mm-hmm. I've got a review of episode two, Young Dogs. And then after the break card, Bill's going to come back with a review of episode three, Rain. Because there wasn't a ton to talk about in either one of these. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've got. I think there's more in episode two than three. Um, yeah, I feel like yeah, three, three kind of went by kind of quickly. Three kind of cat. Well, we'll get to it, but yeah, it does, does kind of wrap everything up from the second episode pretty yeah. fast. Well, that it's it's your classic Trigun two-parter episode. Exactly, mm. exactly. But it's a good call. Both of them have a lot of action and atmosphere, so the the actual like things to discuss, plot points, little little thin. Yeah, there. I don't know. Plot points, yes. World building, there's a great deal of that, and yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, we'll definitely we'll definitely talk about the world building. But first, let's talk about some nerd news, shall we? Ah, all um, right. So I've got a couple of things, but I'll, I'll try to keep all uh, them very brief. Um, <laughs> so number one, uh, I've got some PlayStation Five to, things to discuss, um, which is not my normal go to. That's uh, oh, the, the PlayStation Five. I know the PlayStation Five is comes, which comes out in uh, November. Um, there's been a lot of questions uh, circling the PlayStation, especially because they've been kind of tight-lipped and keeping the new console close to their chest, a lot of information and, and details. Mm-hmm. And something did just come out about uh, a big question that many fans have had. That's with backwards compatibility. That Sony has a kind of a shaky history with backwards compatibility in its consoles. Mm -hmm. The PlayStation 2 could play PlayStation 1 games, and I think that set a precedent for, oh, there should be backwards compatibility. Uh, The very first round of PlayStation 3s could play PlayStation 1 and 2, but then in subsequent ones, they made a model where it could only play PlayStation 1s, and then eventually they broke it. So, or broke it down so that they couldn't play either PlayStation 2 or PlayStation 1. And PlayStation 4 had no backwards compatibility with the PlayStation 3. Um, so there was a, a question amongst fans of what are they going to plan to do? And they finally revealed it. Uh, it is going to be backwards compatible with about 98, 99% of all PlayStation 4 titles. There actually is a list that Sony has put out of titles that will not be, and it's like a list of maybe like a dozen games. Uh, And this will be available for anyone uh, who bought games virtually or digitally, I mean, or those with a disc. They can pop in their disc uh, in the non-discless version of the PlayStation 5 and play their 
download or play their PlayStation 4 games. So uh, I thought that was an interesting bit of news. Bill, I know that I know that you don't play a lot of video games these days, um, and I know that you had been, you know, pretty exclusively getting uh, PlayStation's uh, PlayStation products. Yes. Will Will this sway you in any way of maybe thinking about getting a, a PlayStation Five down the road? Not really. Like I said, I hardly play anything anymore. I mean, it helps that hey, the stuff I have would still be playable, but. I'm going to lose all the information I had, mm-hmm. and really, I don't play them anymore because I'm done. I beat them. Yeah. No, that's fair. So the the price point is really going to be one of the biggest deterrents. No, I th- I think it's it's definitely uh, an interesting uh, an interesting choice considering the fact that they ditched backwards compatibility with the PlayStation Four. Aside from like you know the games you could download digitally, but uh, right. Yeah, uh, Josh, w- what are your thoughts on the backwards compatibility news? There, I like the idea. Um, and I know they had a stance recently where it's like, well, we just want to focus on current gen and limit any backwards compatibility. Now, I didn't realize that there was a much larger list of uh, games, but it's only digital downloads. Is that correct? It's going to be both digital downloads and hard copies. So you should be able to, if you, if you get the, um, system with the disk drive, you should be able to pop the disk in. And how much more is the system with the disk drive? Uh, $50 more. Yeah. There's a $50 price point difference between it. the discless. I would say it's probably worth it, honestly. Don't get me wrong. I know Monster Hunter is part of the list of games uh, for the backwards compatibility. But really, I don't see the point of buying a next-gen uh, console, even though I can play my older games on it, until there's some newer games that I'm interested in. Or if my current uh, system dies. that And I said that last time we were talking about it. And that's what I'm going to stick, stick by. I don't think it's necessary. Yeah, at this I, point, I, at, I would right agree. now, there's not there's not any good games on the horizon, really. Honestly, not for a little that while. That might be why um, they jumped on the backwards compatibility so hard. Is I, I was going to ask that if you think that's why. I mean, it is it is going to allow for faster loading times uh, and mm-hmm. potential upresing, like more frames per second potentially in some games. So mm-hmm. uh, the games will run more smoothly. But yeah, I think that's the big idea. They just don't have a catalog of games because of COVID, and they still want to release this console. Right and. This is this is probably the worst year for all game developers to, uh, or I should say, system developers. I don't think Sony or Microsoft is doing the right thing by rela- releasing either of their consoles this year. They should have just waited an- another year. They should have, but they also want money, and they know people are going to buy it. Regardless. And they want that, and they want that holiday money. Yeah, because, holiday yes, money. it's coming yeah. out in November, so yes, of course, yep. everyone's going to. Want a want a PlayStation, and maybe they're they're using the logic to the well. Everyone's had such a shitty year, right? Here's something fun. Enjoy. Speaking of Monster Hunter, Josh, I think you you would send us a video, and <laughs> I know you have something for nerd news here. Yes. So recently, about a week ago, a little bit less than that, they dropped the first teaser trailer for the Monster Hunter live-action movie starring Mila Jovovich and direct, written and directed by her husband, D- bah. Bah. Paul W.S. Anderson. Her husband's bad. Djokovich. He must be from New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people that are familiar with this duo know that they've been predominantly the uh, couple power couple for the Resident Evil movies. And the yeah. trailer came out, Oof. and it's no offense. Yeah, it's bad. No, no I know, and it's I only know. sixteen seconds long. But like, 
It's it's it literally just what I would imagine from the Resident Evil movies, what they devolved into, just a bunch of guns. Oh yeah. And like like in a Humvee. Well, well, I mean, and and this this has like the Monster Hunter community incensed. They are oh, just yeah. pissed because the whole idea of Monster Hunter is you you know, one, it's a it's the setting is is low tech. Yeah, it's um, fantasy, right? It's fantasy. It's low tech. The weapons are actually literally derived from the body parts of the monsters you kill and harvest. I mean, uh, of course they're going to kill that dragon and make a gun out of it. I mean, that would be cool. Well, that's the thing, though. They do technically have uh, they do have guns, uh, bow guns, but their their ammo is literally nuts and berries in the mm-hmm. in the series. Not, they're not owl. <laughs> they're not jacketed um, machine guns, and I think the idea and. I think it may be just be a bad choice of how to display the movie to try to get people's interest because I think they're trying to just draw in people who don't know Monster Hunter and it's yeah. pissing off off the fans because some of the images I've seen shows Mila Jovovich with one of the signature weapons, you know, a, a great sword made out of made out of a monster bone, right, that sort right. of thing. So they might just be showing that our guns are ineffective against them. Possibly. And if that's the case, then then that's that's cool. But that's almost like false advertising in this short video. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I will see this movie. I don't think I'll go to the theaters for it unless there's something that really wows me. You're assuming we're still going to have theaters by then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Be gone by, by fair then. enough. My takeaway is this is going to be a terrible movie and I want it to be fun. Terrible. I want it to be. Yes, they have. The monsters and they have the aesthetics. They have the monsters. But if the and they story have the is lousy. Yeah. What can you ask? Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be stupid. <laughs> it really is. I know it's going to be stupid, but I just hope it's fun. Stupid. Bill, do you have a take on this? I didn't really until he said that the uh, Resident Evil people were part of it, and now I think my total total take is. <laughs> All right. Um, I hated that movie, and I've never played any of the games because I hated the movie so bad. I watched every single one of the movies in that series. Yeah. At one point, you were all trying to convince me it was a good movie. I just didn't know what well, was going on because I never played the games. To be fair, the first movie is not bad. Yes, it is. I still, I, <laughs> the I still, second I still, one wasn't I still, terrible. I still hold that the first movie is not bad. It's not a great movie, but it's not bad. The second movie was okay as well. It was. Yeah, it gets progressively worse. Oh yeah. No, know. it just it circles the drain. That, that first fast. one was pretty garbage to start with. It wasn't even fun garbage. <laughs> it was just garbage. Fair enough. I'd watch. Fair enough. Yeah. I'd watch Poultry Geist once a week for the rest of my life before I'd bother watching that movie again. <laughs> Lord Almighty. But All right. It's because you always need yourself some slow, fast food. The poultry guys is, is good, <sighs> bad. <laughs> Christ. Josh, you had one other video. Do you want to talk about right. that one real quick, too? Yeah, because this also kind of falls into what we were talking about um, last time we talked about Gungrave, actually, was yes. uh, Netflix just released a teaser trailer, yet again, uh, for the next Transformers uh, War for Cybertron series, Earthrise. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks interesting. Now, I know neither of you watched the ser- watched it because uh, Bill watched it and he was like, okay, so the All-Star, All-Spark is a Dohecadedron. I'm like, yeah. Yep. That was his takeaway. And, I mean, Siege was fine. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't great. It's not the worst Transformers thing I saw. I will watch Earthrise because you can get through you can get through Siege in in about three hours. Well, I know it's not. So I it's know not, it's not the worst Transformers thing you've ever seen because Michael Bay exists. So yeah, I was I was watching. I was like, okay. But what I was liking was was they got this whole third faction of 
mercenaries and it's, you know, double dealer and, um, bug bite and the cone head. So dirge and, and thrust. And it's like, oh, wow, that's actually kind of cool. You know, actually have a reason for the repaints to exist. So I thought, I thought that was nifty at the very least. So I'm okay with, I mean, I'm, as I said, I'm going to watch it because it's not much to get through. Is it going to blow me away? Probably not, but you know, but you guys watched it. What'd you think? I, I mean, I, I'm not, I haven't watched the other series, so I don't know. I mean, it just looks like Transformers to me. Bunch of, I mean, and not, not, I'm not saying necessarily in a bad way. I'm just, mm-hmm. I don't really get a good sense for the story as much. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's because I just don't know the story as well. I'm kind of over the the new media. Um, I I've, if it was out and it was great, that'd be one thing. But it it seems like they're mm-hmm. just kind of cranking out stuff just to support the toys, like right. just to say we have a, a, a show. Um, I would love a really well executed Transformers show. I would be more interested in like reading the IDW comics. True, true. I would like to look at IDW's works as well because those look like those are really great expansions on on the the stories so yeah i'm kind of interested in that too one day one day <laughs> one day yes all right uh bill did you have anything to bring to the table this week uh well i kind of can spark off in two different directions from josh's nerd news and all spark off here? yes and all spark off okay um mm-hmm. i guess it was announced that the titan class well they didn't even say titan class they just said a gigantic transforming toy but I can't imagine it's anything but the new, the next Titan class for Earthrise. Um, they're going to release a transforming version of the Ark. Ooh. Okay, that's kind of cool. That is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's all I really know at the moment. Hasbro has also announced they are releasing versions of D&D 5th uh, edition to make role-playing games for Transformers, Power Rangers, G.I. Joe, and My Little Pony. That's interesting. Yes. I think that's probably the best word for it. It's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I assume all D20, D&D-esque. Yeah, it's it's based in 5th edition. Yeah, okay. that's... Yeah, I was wondering about Makes that. Makes sense. I've tried to run both Power Rangers and Transformers in the past, and I've never quite cracked the code of making it work right. 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 Um, I mean, G.I. Joe, whatever. That makes total sense. Yeah, you could run G.I. Joe pretty yeah, easily. D20 mm-hmm. Modern, uh, mm-hmm. morphed into 5th mm-hmm. edition, whatever. My Little Pony actually makes perfect sense, too. I, that wouldn't be real hard. No. No, that would be super easy to do, too. Uh, but I, yeah. it'd be interesting to see what they do with it, but I don't know. I don't know that that's the right system for those games. Right. And I don't know if it's the right the right move for D&D, even, or for Hasbro. But I guess we'll see what it looks like. Yeah, it's just Hasbro, once again... Flexing its uh, muscles and saying, hey, we own all the properties you love. You will have them all. It's them slapping their properties on existing properties and Mm -hmm. here, buy those two nerds. Right, right. Shut up and give us your money. Basically. Yep. Yeah. No, I'm kind of somewhat hopeful on that. I think it could be an interesting way to kind of go about things. I will probably Um, buy the Transformers one, assuming it gets any kind of positive review at all. Yes. Right. Yeah, I, that that would be the one I'd be interested in looking at. Too. Power Rangers too. I, I'd be interested to see how they handle that. Cool. Should we get into our review of episode two of Gun Grave, mm, Young Dogs? Yes. If we <laughs> must. It's your anime. All right. <laughs> 
we open after the theme song, which, by the way, still freaking amazing. Love the theme song. Great theme song. So good. Uh, we get our opening with a deep monologue from everyone's favorite named character, Brandon Heat. <laughs> with the image of a reflected crescent moon on wet pavement. He waxes poetic a while about human beings constantly labeling things as good or bad or comparing one thing to another. And then... Hot and cold. One of the quotes... Dogs and cats. Yeah, hot and cold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> soup and nuts. Yeah, soup and nuts. Um, Black and white. There's the, there was a there was a quote that did stand out that I did kind of like from his like crazy monologue that went on way too long. Mm. Uh, it was eventually we make so many comparisons that our overloaded brains will accept anything, good or bad, right or wrong, not caring which is which, which I think is so true. No, I think that's I think that's garbage. I think that's just rant. That's just random. We make so many comparisons, oh. we just accept anything. What? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I think it makes perfect sense, Bill. I think it makes perfect sense. It's it's philosophy at its finest. So I do like the line where he says where he's talking about the crime the life, the 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 that they lead. The crime is a perfectly ordinary thing. Yeah. That this is the ordinary yes. that he's coming from. Right. And we know how batshit Mm-hmm. It's going to become. So it's, I, I think that's a very interesting way of looking at it. You know, say, you know, after seeing the craziness of the first episode and then coming into him saying that crime is a perfectly ordinary thing. Yeah. It was like, oh. Yeah. It kind of gives us perspective on kind of like where, where he and his friends are at. Absolutely. Right. So this peaceful scene is broken by footsteps running over the water reflection as someone is escaping a huge amount of gunfire. This is the point where Josh kind of brings up where he says, you know, he talks about his life as a criminal, justifying that it's just the way things are. Uh, you know, as we see, you know, a series of violent acts going on in the background. So this is where he kind of talks about the job and we see people getting gunned down um, in an alley. We see a bunch of robberies. We see a body floating underneath the water of like a bay somewhere. And then he ends his speech with back then, as Josh mentioned, everything was ordinary. Yeah. I, I, I liked the imagery of um of this because it really helps to convey the idea of what we're about to get into, yeah. which is a crime story. I mean, I don't I, I feel like we're we're going from Devil May Cry into Goodfellas. Yeah, yeah. Or Reservoir well, yeah, Dogs. There's definitely or a, like there's that. definitely a noir aesthetic to it here uh-huh. in the beginning. I like it. We need that establishment because we just watched whatever the hell episode one was. Right, right. <laughs> you know, Pew pew bang bang, white monsters go go, go kaboom to. Yeah. I'm gonna embezzle money. Oh, wait, okay, yeah. okay. I'm, let's I, see. I, let's see how do we get from that uh, from where we're at now to that. And I'm like, here for it. Now I'm not a big huge fan of like gangster type narratives, no. but I, I really like as we'll talk about. It, I I enjoyed this one. Yeah, I mean, a good crime narrative. There, I mean, yes, there are a dime a dozen, but I mean, when you talk about stuff, some of the greats, you know, like Godfather. Scarface or or even you know Goodfellas, there's a reason why they're so good. It's because they they, and I think there's a reason why this is going to be so good. Is because it creates the characters. Yeah, and it's a good. I just just that opening just was just a great explanation without going into we were criminals. I mean, they could have just simply said me and my friends we were criminals, and then gone on from there. But they they really kind of hammered it in once again with that mm-hmm. visual showing not telling. Uh, style of of telling us what we're going to see here, which showing us, I think, is a very yeah, 
I think it's a, I think it's a bigger strength uh, that the series has over most animes, in my opinion. All right, we get the title card: Young Dogs. Back to Wolves Rain. Yes, Young Dogs. Back to Wolves Rain. Well, the next episode is called Rain. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and there you go. Young Dogs. Rain. So, yep. Brandon uh, works is working out shirtless. You know, like you do. Sweat glistening <laughs> off of his skin. Uh, a member of his crew, a young black kid named Kenny. Draws a gun on a guy that's uh, scrounged around in a garbage can nearby, chasing him off. He calls up to Brandon saying that he has some juicy stuff to relate. <laughs> and I'm like, what's happening in this anime? But there's, there's a lot of sweaty men. And I, I kind of like this whole sweaty men aesthetic. I think he's like 17, dude, so just be careful. Okay, okay? fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> it's, it's You know, I, sh- I should just assume that it's anime. Everyone is like 16 or 17. Right, right. <laughs> and speaking of Kenny, uh, he's voiced... By Dave Wittenberg, but he is credited as Dave Lelyveld. Yeah. This is another one of those actors who are uh, giving a different name. Right, right, exactly. So we're also introduced in this opening scene to Harry, who's messing with cards at a table in their restaurant slash hideout, I guess? Yeah, I was confused about that, too. Like He's doing divination. It's like a tarot deck. You can do that sort of thing with... A standard deck of cards. I meant, why is there? I meant, why is there a hangout at restaurant? Good question. Probably from the way way you look at the neighborhood and everything else. I think it's they're they're squatting there, and it's the nicest place they could squat. You know, it has you know working plumbing, it has working gas and electricity. That's yeah, sort it's of got thing. a stove. Right. I mean, you can tell the top half of the building is practically gone from mm-hmm. where Brandon was was um, exercising. So. I think it. I think it's just more along the lines of they're squatting. Okay, yeah, I can see it. All right. Uh, also in here is Joey, the kind-hearted Spike Spiegel-looking motherfucker, uh, who is the cook <laughs> of Jolis. the group. Yes, Jolis or Joey. Yeah. And uh, so Kenny is is he spills it right? He uh, he shows off this <laughs> super expensive-looking jeweled necklace to his good buddy Harry, who then immediately starts chiding him for stealing mm-hmm. something so expensive that he can't resell. That like right. it's going to be recognizable. No one's going to buy that thing. Right. Now, Harry is voiced by Tony Oliver. No change of credits. Uh, strictly Tony Oliver. No, no relation to John Oliver. It's correct, as far as I know. Right. Right. And uh, Joe Liss is voiced by Steve Staley, but he was credited as Steve Cannon. Okay. And I think it's also important to note here, I think we might have mentioned already, that Harry has more than one voice actor. The uh, older Harry has a different one, correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay. Kenny, obviously, is very distraught at this. <laughs> Because he's, you know, Kenny's got, thinks he's done super well. Yeah, he was he was happy to make that score. Yeah, and honestly, he should be proud of it to some extent, because we're going to find out where he gets it from, and that was a ballsy sort of move, to be, to be sure. But at this point, Brandon wanders in, and he motions that, hey, maybe I'll just buy this thing. Like, maybe just give me that, and I'll buy it. Which, again, I you know, at first I'm like, is he fucking with him? Because Harry fucks with him quite a bit. I think it's it's one of those things that like help us understand the difference between Harry and Brandon. Brandon is much more kind-hearted, it seems. Well, Brandon's one hundred percent sincere. Yeah, because he wants to buy it. As we're going to find out, he's got a he's got a lovely lady, maybe that he's planning on giving it to. That seems to be which it still seems like a bad idea if it's that noticeable. Yeah, no, it, it is interesting because Harry, you know, does ask like, "Hey, are you planning on giving that to Maria?" And basically says like, "I." Like like you said, like I wouldn't do that if I were you. Yeah, it's a bad fucking idea. So, okay. A guy 
then Burstyn, who I do believe we find out in the third episode, we finally get his name, it's Nathan. And he's one of the gang members, one, one of the group, right? He bursts in and says something about a guy named Deed. And my mind immediately went to Deedlet. Of course it did. Which I know it's not right. <laughs> I, <laughs> I know it's not right. But my mind immediately went to Deedlet, uh, who is looking to recruit some guys. So Harry's like, yeah, I, I'm in for some trouble. Let's go beat some people up and prove our worth. Like, And again, I think this is one of those things where we see the difference between Harry and Brandon yet again. Harry is absolutely, I don't want to say troubled, but he's looking for some level of, uh, I don't know, to, what's somebody to prove himself? He's ambitious. Yes. I, I don't really think that Brandon is ambitious in the same way. He more just wants to kind of get by, it seems. Right. He wants Maria, of course, but other than that, he's pretty uninterested in anything else in life. So they all take off, and this is going to set a precedent. They're going to leave Joey behind. To watch the to watch the place. That seems like that can't go wrong. No, no, nothing possibly could go wrong in leaving Joeless behind ever. No, like it's everything's going to work out perfectly fine. Nothing bad will happen. Hey, speaking of Maria, we're introduced to Maria next in this next scene. Uh, she's beautiful and blonde and just kind of calm looking and has like piercing green eyes. And she's just hanging outside of what I think is like a school hall, maybe. So she's just kind of chilling as her uncle rolls up. And she takes off with him in his old, big old green truck. And uh, they drive by where the gang fight's going on. So, like, up on a roof somewhere. This is going on. Maria recognizes Brandon up there. And she's like, oh, shit, we got to go help him. Pull over, Uncle Creepy. (laughs) Uncle Creepy. Um, Yeah, we'll talk about that. No, she's like, like, I want to go help. And he's like, no, don't get involved. You should stay away from him. Like, he's a bad guy. So quit being around him. And she just kind of looks sad. <laughs> like, oh, my uncle won't let me see my boyfriend. Uncle Creepy won't let me <laughs> won't let me get any. Speaking of the gang fight, the rumble, if you will, there's a guy that comes after Harry with a steel pipe, but he manages to kind of like do the cool cowboy bebop thing of dancing around. Brandon knocks a guy down and saves Kenny from getting a kick to his ribs. Harry flashes, or flashes. Whoa. Harry finishes. <laughs> That's a weird, weird tactic. <laughs> Harry's, Harry's like, here's my dick. Here's my dick. <laughs> Uh, Harry finishes off the last of these guys and goes face to face with Deed, who then pulls a gun. Bum 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 bum. So Deed Deedlet, damn it, <laughs> Deed. So Deed does pull a gun. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Kenny, who has a gun, hesitates to draw his own. So Brandon just steps up. Like, I love this scene. This is a great scene. Brandon literally just steps straight up next to him and is like, here I am. <laughs> yeah, and, and all the while, like, Deed is blustery. He's just like, huh, you're just going to walk right into a guy who's got a gun right in your face. And, hey, hey, come on, man. Hey, come on. Come on. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He stares He stares Deed down, and Deed freaks out. He, like, psychs him out. He knocks the gun away. Deed and his men take off. And it turns out Deed's gun was a fake. It was a toy. Now, was was Brandon being brave because he doesn't care, or, or do you know it was a toy? I, I would like to think that he was being brave to be brave. I think Brandon recognized that Deed is a coward. I don't think it, it has anything to do with him being brave to be brave. I think he read the room, and I think that that's kind of a trait about Brandon that you don't really get, but I think comes in later, is that he knows, he reads this, he can read a situation. I thought maybe you just saw like the, the little stopper at the top where you put the water into it. 
<laughs> yes. But yeah, I think I think it's more along lines of of he just recognized that Deed wasn't gonna wasn't gonna shoot him because he was a, he was a pussy. Mm-hmm. Well, either way, they just kind of chill out there. Start they start to kind of question why they're even fighting those guys to begin <laughs> with. To which Kenny says, "Oh, it's because of a woman." Harry's been bird dog and Deed's little sugar loaf. What? <laughs> I, what? You know what? I'm going to go with it because... Um, th- Is that like prairie dogging? <laughs> kind of, but like in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> He's sticking it in her butt. <laughs> I mean... Oh, man. That, that, I don't what know. do you think a sugar a- loaf is? <laughs> It was the it was the weirdest line. I'm not gonna lie. It was a bizarre fucking line. It's not the first time I've heard the phrase bird dogging, but it's not it's not common. It's not common usage. nomenclature. No. So we also find out that Deed has an older brother, and his name is Mad Dog Lad. Yes. And that is that is the most trigun ass name I've ever heard. And Lad's his first name. And Mad Dog must be his last name? I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's Mad Dog Lad Cabell, I think, something like that. Oh yeah, that's right. You're right. I think it is Cabell, yes. Yeah, Mad Dog Lad is uh, apparently this dude's brother and is a big deal. So they're kind of, what, they start asking about, like, what happened to him. Kenny thinks that, you know, like, I heard a rumor that he died. Nathan says, oh, no, he got in a shootout with the cops. And he's on the run. And then Harry starts to come up with what he heard, but we cut away uh, from that particular scene. So we'll never find out what Harry believes to be true. Well, Harry's probably right then. Because why, probably why so. else would they cut away from it? Yes. Uh, we go to after the fight, back to Harry, where he's meeting up with a woman. <laughs> I'm assuming this is, like, supposed to be Deed's girl. That's the sugar loaf? Or the sugar loaf, or maybe, like, Mad Dog's, Mad Dog's I, girl? I don't know if it was necessarily that. I think it may have just been more along the lines of a girl that he's whining and dining and getting the money for, from. Yeah. Possibly. He does say something earlier about, like, jiggling around, so. Yeah. Getting money and just... Eh, there's always more girls and more money, and I can spend their money. And yeah, so Brandon and Nathan meet with a, a different crime guy. I guess some sort of like inner workings of some like crime organization. Not a big, not like a big one, like Millennium, as we're gonna find out. Is his name dropped a couple times in this episode? Descartes, but yeah. but like maybe like yeah, like a street street gang of some yeah. Sort. I, I'd I'd say he's uh, probably like a low level boss. If if anything, he's like an underboss. Well. They're seen, they keep talking about the organization, but as we find out later in the anime, and even in this one, like there seems to be multiple groups. Yeah. And I don't know if the... Or- all kind of vying for power. And I don't know if the organization is all of them kind of agreeing to a code, or... Because it's not like the organizations. Yeah. There seems to be some semblance of like these characters trying to make sure that those their hire them stay happy. Right. 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 It's usually, I, I think that's usually how most like uh, mafia structures are, is that, you know, you've got, you've got your guy at the top, obviously, and then just trickles down. And then on the street level, they might not know, like the guys that are the boss using air quotes here might not realize that they're actually right. under the thumb of one of the guys in the major organization or anything like that. And they think they're acting Mm -hmm. uh, autonomously. Well, they're talking to this this guy to find out why Deed is being such a pain in their ass. Mm -hmm. Uh, We get a scene with Harry and the girl again. We find out her name is Catherine. I don't think that really amounts to much, but we do get her name. They return to the hideout where Maria is waiting for them. She was worried about Brandon after she saw them fighting. 
So they're they're talking, and I say they are talking. Uh, when I say they, I mean not Brandon, because what I find hilarious is she says, "Stop talking." Or no, I don't think she says it. Someone else says it. Might have been Harry. Or someone saying, like, or might have been uh, Nathan saying, stop talking and go somewhere. It was Nathan. Which Brandon yeah. has not been talking. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I think it's barely talks. Nathan lightheartedly jabbing Brandon because everyone knows that Brandon and Maria are both sweet on each other, but Brandon just doesn't say shit. So we cut to a scene of more violence where some guys outside of a shop get the shit kicked out of them by a guy in a suit. It turns out that this is actually Deed's hideout, mm-hmm. and the guy in the suit is Mad Dog Lad. Yes. Bum, 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 bum. Yes. Who's he voiced by? Me. Bill, you do it? Yep. Wow. Good job. What was your what, what was your uh, fake name that you used because you didn't want to be attached to this anime? Uh, Gene Messer. Ah, that's right. <laughs> Stop that's it. That's right. Stop um, it. So Mad Dog Lad is uh, also voiced by Lex Lang, who also did the voice of Nathan. Oh, nice. Double duty. Um... Again, uh, <laughs> Bill, stop you can it. Kinda, stop you can it, kinda, Bill. You can, if you listen to the performances closely of both Nathan and Lad, you, you can hear you can hear the same person. What if you don't listen closely? I'm sorry. Exactly. <laughs> here's some, here's something I know Is it about Poe. I I do know a lot about Poe. I'm actually partway through episode two of that podcast. But anyway, anywho, anywho, <laughs> back to Brandon and Maria. She asks him to quit. This, like, fighting thing <laughs> and this, like, gang thing. Just stop being a gang member, yeah. Yeah, she's like, my uncle could help you out. And he finally breaks the the silence with a, I'll take you home. <laughs> with a burp. <laughs> is that literally the first words out of his mouth that isn't narration? Yes. Wow. I didn't, I didn't realize that. Yes. I'll take you home. There's a trivia ah. question for you. Hey, so then we get a scene with a guy in a really cool suit with amazingly awesome orange sunglasses he shows up and sends a message to Maria's uncle from Big Daddy. This is actually what I believe to be, at least for me, my favorite character in the whole anime, and that's Bear Walken. So far. So, Bear Walken, and I think there's a reason why you like Bear Walken so much, Andrew. Oh, yeah. He's voiced by Bo Billingsley, but he's credited as yes. John Daniels. And you you like Bo Billingsley, Andrew, so just go ahead and explain to us why you like Bo so much. He's also Jet Black in Cowboy Bebop, and Jet Black is also an amazing character. And I just love, I love this voice actor's, just just his his voice in general um, is extremely, I think it's it's pretty iconic, mm-hmm. like his, his voice. And, you know, I think one of the things that we see in this anime, and I, we've maybe even talked about it in other episodes of things, I know we have, when we talked about it in uh, the context especially of One Punch Man, there are not a uh, there are not enough black characters in anime. No, never. And Bear Walken is, I think, good representation. Yeah. I think he's 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 a compelling character with an interesting story, especially when we get further on. You know, like with some of the stuff with his family and, and other like his connections with, to the to Millennium, and he becomes a extremely interesting character. And I just really like the fact that we have uh, a character of color. That is represented well. Is given, and it, yeah, represented yep. well. And he's not he he is not ever commented on. He just is a character, right? Yeah. yeah, he he he's not a popo jinx, uh, you know, design. Right. Which you know we brought this up before. It, it is sadly still a common design or character design trait that they fall back on for black characters in Japanese animation. So that we have this character that is not that, and he's such a well made character. It's it's. 
it's a fr- breath of fresh air. I really, yeah. And yes, the character, as we get into to more of the series, you know, we, we find that there's a lot of depth and nuance uh, to the character and his his motivations are fantastic, too, especially in the latter portions of the series. Yeah. Why he does what he does. It's fantastic. And yes, he is such a great character. And yes, I, I, I can't imagine him voiced by anyone but Bo Billingsley. Just seems like he was a character made for Bo. Oh, 100%. Speaking of the discussion of representation, we go back to... Another African-American character, uh, Kenny, who is getting in the face of the guy that essentially, you know, gave him the tip for the jeweled necklace. Scott! Uh, the guy, is that, is that his Scott! name? Scott! Yeah, yep, <laughs> Scott, because Scott comes back later. Yep, voiced by uh, Dave Wittenberg. He, uh, he warns Kenny that there are guys out there after Brandon and Harry's gang and their group. And then cue a vehicle that nearly runs Kenny down and picks him up and takes him away. Yeah. Well, um, what I like, though, too, and maybe it's just because I just find the aesthetic interesting is another car drives by and, you know, a slick suit guy just tosses money out the window at Scott. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, you know, like he doesn't want to show that he has ties with him or that he's just so much scum that he doesn't even want to get out of the car to to hand him the money. This guy is such scum. Uh, we go back to Bear, who's leaving uh, Maria's uncle's house. And at that time, too, Maria and Brandon come wandering home. And her uncle gets really pissy about it, saying that he doesn't want Maria around Brandon or or Brandon's friends. And that's actually um, Jester. That's his name, um, her her uncle. When I first heard it, I thought it was Chester, which I thought... I did, too. Yeah, I thought it was pretty normal. And then I find out, no, it's Jester. But Jester is voiced by uh, David Orocozo. It just reminds me of Lotus War, where... We thought it was pri- we we didn't know if it was Prince Jester or Prince Chester. We talked about that. So Mad Dog slaps the shit out of his brother for being a little bitch. <laughs> that seems fair. Yeah, he says you basically brought dishonor upon my- our family name, and you need to restore it. Go take care of the shit that you that you started, uh, or I'll do it for you. Back at the hideout, Nathan does what he does best, which is barge in and move the plot along. <laughs> <laughs> I remember hearing somebody say that whenever he had a stuck part in a in a uh, noir story, it somebody would just bust in with a gun. He's the guy busting in with yes, a gun. Yes, yes, uh, basically, yes. Uh, so um, he says that Kenny has been taken, and uh, the necklace was from M- Melandra's store. The her her stuff, and that apparently is not a good no. thing. Apparently, she has a bunch of influence even over the right. mob. And, and I think just just to pause really quick, um, I think Melanda was a translation error because I'm looking over like the uh, the listing of how it's read in the uh, in like um, anime news me- network. It's it's spelled Miranda M I R A N D A, but I'm wondering because. Japanese translations, um, they sometimes replace R with L. The fuck you say? <laughs> that made, no, I didn't even think mm-hmm. about that, mm-hmm. honestly. That that makes a lot of sense. Because Melanda is such a weird mm-hmm. name. It is. It is. I mean, you know, it would have added to, to Bill's uh, name theory for the series, but it's uh, it's mm-hmm. more out there than, than most of the names in this series. So Brandon, at hearing this, kind of suggests that they return what was stolen. And once again, Joey is left behind to make sure that they have... The dinner for five ready for when they get back. Again, I can't imagine this going bad. Well, of course not. No, he's got an apron that says peace all over it. I mean. (laughs) Yeah, why is this guy part of the group? Because he can cook? Because he can cook. There's like a resemblance to them. So I always assumed he was Nathan's brother. I can see that. 
So we go to Melanda or Miranda. We'll call her Melanda because that's it's how it's pronounced in the, in the in the dub. Yeah, it is. That's yeah. So she wants the truth from Kenny, and Kenny lies about selling it, and she has enough influence and has enough ears around to know that that's not true. So she tosses a gun to him, says, "Hey, if you want to fight back, go for it. You know, go for it. Even though his hands are bound behind his back, <laughs> and he's got a but bunch of armed men surrounding here's him. Here's the thing: I don't necessarily think it was just a random gun. Gun. I think it might have been his gun. I think it might have right. been too. And we'll we'll know why Which, she probably had somebody throw it down and why he didn't. Aside yes. from having his hands behind his back, go why he didn't it. go for it on the next episode after yes. the break card. Yeah, break card. There. So. No, not oh, yet. Oh, sorry, sorry. So Harry and company save the day, barging right in, and he returns the jewel and asks for Kenny Kenny as a reward, essentially. Like, here's your jewel, but we want a reward. We want the kid. He also offers himself as a bodyguard or for sex. I'm really not sure. Um, He's, he's gigoloing it. Yeah, he's probably doing his thing he does where, hey, I can get a bunch of money out of this chick. Yeah, he's trying to seduce her. Okay, that's fair. She just up and leaves <laughs> she's like okay and then just goes right and essentially like leaving her them with the, and the reactions are hilarious because like nathan's like okay what do we do now harry and harry's like i'm in shock he got he got yeah, rejected didn't, it didn't work <laughs> yeah yeah it's like oh shit i never get rejected they're about to be turned into swiss cheese when melanda just kind of wanders back in <laughs> right so i guess she was psyching him out it's hard to say but yeah because you think Arj like what the fuck are we supposed to do now no, no, she she comes in and, and she goes, oh, by the way, gentlemen, and then it cuts to... Oh, yeah, them in an alleyway beat the shit out. They got the shit <laughs> right. kicked out of them. <laughs> and we get this really odd moment where Brandon does the Undertaker setup and then kind of tosses a thumb. Like, he's like, yeah, <laughs> I, cool. I still like, though, Nathan's line of, of that bitch had her guys work us over outside so that way we didn't mess up her yeah. carpet. We're, we're I mean, worth less than her rug. I love it. That's That's great. But they all kind of laugh about it because they're just happy to be alive. At this point, there's a door opening back at the hideout. Joey turns, expecting his friends, but it's Mad Dog who stands there smoking a cigarette. And we go, we cut back and forth with a montage of the friends laughing and walking in the rain with Joey being gunned down. Jealous. And the episode, sorry, well, they they, they call him Joey a couple okay. times. Joey. The episode <laughs> ends with them finding Jolas's body. It, it, it's horrifying. It is horrifying, and we get the quote: "Ordinary." Everything was ordinary. And this is like tying into the last line that he said before we got into the action here. Except for the fact that the dead man right before our eyes was one of us. To anyone else, an insignificant scene in a place where things like this were commonplace. They were nothing more than ordinary. And we get a final shot of a burnt out cigarette and we end the episode. Yeah. And that's episode two. I think this is a good place maybe for the break card. Turd Safari. <laughs> Made it halfway to the break card. My name is Andy, and welcome to another episode of Tuning Japanese. We're in season six, baby! We're reviewing Gungrave, and we're having a really good time. It's been nice to have Josh back on more consistently here on the show, and we're definitely looking forward to talking about more and more episodes of this wonderful anime. If you want to check it out, go head over to Funimation. I believe it's also on Crunchyroll. And go go check out this gem of an early aughts anime uh, based off of a video game property. I think you'll enjoy it. First and foremost, don't forget to leave a five-star rating review on our show if you enjoy it. If you get any 
joy out of the show. We'd really, really, really appreciate you taking the time to go out there to wherever you listen to this podcast, whether that's Apple Podcasts, whether that's Stitcher, whether that's on Spotify, whether it's on Google Play. And if they have a, a, a way to leave a review, you should leave a review because those algorithms and all that computery stuff that I failed out of in school uh, does something to help other people find us. And if you know people that are anime fans in your life and you have not suggested our show, suggest our show. We really could use the listenership and we really would appreciate just getting into the ears of more lovely people out there in the world. And uh, we appreciate everything that you do for us. We also appreciate our patrons at patreon.com slash tuningjapanese. People like Brian Nash, people like Cameron Baird, people like Superfan Matt, who help us monetarily continue to do this show week after week. We've got some of the best fans, and we really, really appreciate those that go the extra mile and help us out. If you can, um, there's all kinds of great bonus content and rewards and things for people that support us over at patreon.com slash tuning Japanese. Next time around, we got another double feature for you. It's going to be episodes four and five of Gungrave. Uh, we're not always going to do the double features, but we kind of want to do a few back-to-backs to make up for, you know, some of our slower and missing weeks that we had over the summer months. So uh, we hope you enjoy our reviews. Let us know by reaching out on our email, tuningjapanese at gmail.com, or on our social media. If we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. Just search for us. And, yeah, I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day, and we uh, will catch you back on the episode review. We're back from the break card. Yeah. Wow. He shit on my fucking rug. <laughs> he shit on your fucking that rug. That is a dead cat. Do, do you want me to come? Shut the, do you, do shut you, the hey, fuck hey, up, Joshy. Hey, hey uh, Andy, do you want me to come over to your house when you're at work? Be all like, lad. No. Go to go to the cat. You know, he'll come to the door like, oh, hey, you're back. <laughs> that's right. I'm back. Only one of you? Well, that's just a shame. Oh, no. Oh, no. Hey, speaking- I will shoot your cat for pooping on, on your rug. I will do that Thanks, for Josh. you. I will that, avenge your that's rug. Actually, that, that's actually oddly comforting. Uh, <laughs> hey, Bill. He can't do it. He doesn't have a gun. He's, he'll miss. That's fair. He'll hurt hey, himself. Bill. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, Bill. Yes. You have an episode called Rain. I do. Tell us what happens in this episode three. I'm still waiting for you to just start screaming Stray. Stray! <laughs> episode three, Rain. We take up the first major section of rain uh with a flashback to the last episode joe jolice jolice what do we have decide that was jolene jolice <laughs> like he, he's oh. joe but less jolice so of course they're running and they're talking and oh he's dead because we asked him to stay home to cook if we just had a microwave he'd be alive <laughs> um. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Kenmore, there we go, Kenmore. Kenmore. Does Kenmore still exist? Black and Decker? Oh, oh, Blendtec. Black and Decker microwaves. (laughs) It'll warm you up and suck you off. (laughs) Because of vacuum cleaners. Yeah, vacuum cleaners. I was thinking like power tools, but... Don't they have vacuum cleaners? Am I getting it wrong? I don't. I think, think my so. wet dry bat vac is black and decker. There you go. Well, I guess if it seemed to be a wet dry vac. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, what are we doing? Hey, Bill. Yeah, what are we talking about? Uh, the crew, as they're running, um, they're bickering about why it happened and blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's your fault for saying that. And blah, whatever. <laughs> Nathan blames Kenny. Kenny blames nothing. Brandon doesn't say anything. Yeah. Harry's like, oh, shit, we got to go. We got to go now. Harry knows he's at fault. <laughs> Harry's like, get the fuck out of here. And then we actually get the aftermath of the murder, too, with the cops coming in and the coroner and all mm-hmm. the townsfolk are like, well, that straight gang was a bunch of polite young boys. That shouldn't. <laughs> they were the <laughs> nicest group of ruffians ever. They gave me 20 bucks after they robbed me blind two weeks ago. <laughs> it was just a weird statement. It is a very weird statement. Elsewhere, we get Mad Dog, and he has just absolutely had enough of his little brother's shit. <laughs> he gives him a real gun and tells him to go handle it. Yes. And then Mad Dog walks out of the place, and a couple of guys approach him, and he's like, I was expecting you to show up, but I gotta stop somewhere first. <laughs> Anime vagueness! Yeah. What I find funny, though, is is Deed is sitting there acting like he's taking the, uh, the credit for Lad killing the nice guy. Ha <laughs> right. ha! Uh, this was my idea. I had my, I had my brother kill the nice guy. Harry goes off to Scott's to squeeze a stool out of that pigeon. <laughs> and he nice. He drops a steaming load about uh, Mad Dog. I wrote all these poop jokes before your uh, <laughs> before your catching <laughs> house. <laughs> this, this, these are starting to become sugar topical. Loaf. Yep, uh, topical humor. Um, so he does drop the deets on deed. <laughs> Tells him Lad is now a member of the Mafia, which is apparently different. Yeah, I imagine. The organization or Millennium or whatever. But Scott's a piece of shit, and he set Harry up for an ambush. Oh, yeah. Big time. Uh, four dudes with uh, blunt instruments come out, and Scott apologizes, actually. He's like, hey, you know, it's just money, it's just business. And uh, so Harry punches that motherfucker in the face, and then throws Hell that yeah. motherfucker at another motherfucker. Hell yeah. And get foes. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was that was good. I like that scene. Yeah, just business. Well, okay, fine then. Pfft, that was just personal. And then and then he screams at him for getting punched in the face yeah. because he was setting him up. I'm like, "Where's your common courtesy, young man? I set you up to get killed, and this is how you repay me?" Yes. Some people. We get more anime vagueness cuz we cut back to Bear walking sitting in his car, and one of his guys is like, "We think we might have found him and he has some connections and blah blah blah." And Bear's like, "I'll find him." That's pretty much all we get. Yep, that's all we mm-hmm. get there. So speaking of Wolves Rain, the group of bo- young men sit around Yay. in the sewers arguing, <laughs> squabbling. <laughs> oh god, there's so it just feels like it feels like we're going back in time and I love it. Oh god, this is never gonna end. <laughs> Harry comes back pretty much they're like, Ooh, Harry's here, he's got food. Maybe he brought a dead deer. <laughs> <laughs> uh no, I found this plant chick. <laughs> but all he is is wounded. He comes back with abrasions. That that's that that'll feed you good. <laughs> he he knows a little bit about Mad Dog though, which we cut to like one scene of Mad Dog driving like an asshole. <laughs> Must be from Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I'm Mad Dog. Glad I do what I want. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, my hot body. I do what I want. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, apparently, which is weird because he left those guys. And he wanted to stop and do an errand, but now he's by himself in his car. And he's by himself when he busts into a research facility and starts killing scientists. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck's up with this? More on that later. 
he shoots his way through the scientists right up to Dr. Tokioka from the beginning of the ah, series. Pudding, yes. pudding, got yeah. it. And says, well, you were very nice to ignore us, um, but you can't do that anymore because I'm here now and everybody else is dead. He calls him a young man, too, so some, some major time must have passed yeah. between. I love that. It's like, this is a long time since whatever the last... The first episode. I think. Wink, young man. I think it's like thirty. <laughs> yeah. I think it was like a thirty, forty year time gap. Honestly, right. um, I know it was just it was a little heavy handed exposition. It was a little heavy handed. Yeah. So always the master of diplomatic skills. Brandon decides he's gonna go try. Get some help. <laughs> we know how much to, he likes to, to smooth yeah, things so. over. <laughs> Before he even gets out of the door, uh, Harry has to monologue at him about freedom, and I think this is gonna become a running thing. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. It's, it, this isn't even the first time this episode somebody's been like, hey, I can do what I want now. Because I, I defy the rules. Or I pay somebody bigger than me, and then I can do what I want as long as I pay them, and whatever. <laughs> and Brandon actually gets followed as he leaves the hideout. Master of Stealth, uh, Brandon is not. No. No. We go back to the science facility, and Bear is there doing an investigation. And he's just saying that Big Daddy's not going to be happy about this. Okay, okay, sorry. You know, that's going to be topical because I don't know why, but I'm just imagining him putting on the glasses saying, Big Daddy's not going to be happy about this. Wow! (laughs) You can't do it unless you have a pun about dead scientists. (laughs) Those are the rules. I guess this experiment was a failure. Wow! The quack experiment? Excel saga? <laughs> Mission failed? Moving on. He's throwing spaghetti at the wall. Sometimes it does stick. He always forgets to, to cook it first, though. That's why it doesn't stick. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> well, that's why I'm throwing it, throwing it at the wall like a spear at that point. <laughs> Javelin in that stick. <laughs> I just got this image. If uncooked spaghetti like, is sticking uh, in your walls. a big thing of uncooked spaghetti. You need to get your, your walls. Like, there's some structural problems. <laughs> Pretty sure this house was made in like the 1910s, so you know, turn century. It's fine. <laughs> Drywall should not be permeable by pasta. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, heat it up. Permeable by pasta sounds like a cool novel name. I need to work on that. <laughs> is, that is that like kitchen soup uh, of the soul? No, that's right, I was no. Thinking like, I was thinking like the the the, the lettered like uh, mysteries. See, like, I was thinking those M porn books, like, like those weird romance porn books, like. <laughs> Where, oh God. where women get on with, like, dinosaurs and uh, Bigfoots and stuff. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, there's, like, a whole genre on Amazon of these, like, erotica books that are, like, a woman with a dinosaur. Did big... you did you see the one with coronavirus? What? No. So you know these exist. Oh, like, yeah, but, I, yeah, but, like, I, I thought this was, I mean, I think it's a joke, but, like, someone, like, cr- like, cranked out a super quick novel like that where, like, someone was dating the coronavirus. Well, I'm sure these are all just super quick. Yeah, Bullshit. and someone, someone, someone screenshotted some pages, and my god, some of the descriptions were ridiculous. So, as per- you might imagine, permeable by pasta is one of those, but with a flying spaghetti monster. Yes, yes, we- I'm all for it. And as the meatball slapped against her ass, marinara spattered <laughs> everywhere with each thrust. <laughs> oh my lord! <laughs> so, what are we talking about? I'm sorry, what were we talking about? What's going on in Gungrave? Uh, spaghetti porn. Hey, um, <laughs> who's dead now? Hey, big. We're on Big Daddy, right? I think we moved past Big Daddy. Okay, we're, we're past Big. Please get past Big Daddy. Hey, what's? Uh, Brandon actually had gone to Jester for help. Oh yes, Prince Cre- Jester, creepy Uncle Jester. Is he riding on a dragon? Nope, nope. Uh, okay. Um, well, heroin maybe. 
And actually, the only th- the only thing Jester can do for him is give him bus fare and a gun. <laughs> Tell him to get the fuck out of here and leave Maria. Alone. Yeah, it's it's pretty much. Look, I know you care about Maria. Get the get out of my town. Get away from my niece before you bring chaos upon her. And then we get a flashback that appears to that she's not his niece. That he killed her mom. More on that later. And then adopted the baby he found. Yeah, more on that later. Yeah, it's just like a quick flash of like. Oh, no, I shot a lady, and then there's a kid. Okay. Ba- basically. But we're too late. The two of them get caught up, get caught by deed, and the rest of the gang is on their way in, um, like, a meanwhile scene, but mm-hmm. they ain't here yet. Nope. And this is all getting pretty tense until Jester seemingly disarms Deed with a single shot. Yeah. Which was kind of some skill. That is some BA, that oh, is yeah. some BA gun work right there. The, he learned from Vash. Well, maybe. I was going to say, you're getting the idea of, like, why he doesn't want Maria around these guys, because it seems like he probably has a past. Right. Mm -hmm. He takes some shots of the rest of the gang at their feet and just run them off, only to have Mad Dog gun him down from inside one of the alleys. Four or five shots, just straight to the back. Just as he was starting to bond with Brandon, too. Yep. Yeah, this episode gets really sad and dark. It really does. Like, this is the moment where, like, it really turns. Oh, yeah. The gang shows up. Um, they see Brandon, like, on his knees in front of Mad Dog. And he's like, hey, Harry, good, you showed up. I won't have to torture him to get your to find you. Now I can just kill him nice and quick. Mad Dog is not someone you want to fuck around with. Like, again, this is one of those things where, like, they they really ramp up. Because, like, you, we think of things like Trigun and other, other anime, like, early villains usually are not that much of a threat. Like, they are, but they aren't. Like, you know that the, the good guys are going to, like, win. And this is not yeah. the case. They're 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 jobbers. They're, they're a villain of the week. They're, they're cartoonish. And yeah. because it's so realistic, like, the, the tension is ratcheted up immediately when he shoots and kills the uncle. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nathan kind of rallies, and he wants to get part of this. Takes Kenny's gun. Oh, no. Not knowing it's a toy. Yeah. Yeah. Click, click, click. The worst thing that he could have done was that he started yelling at Mad Dog and got his, at Lad and got his attention. If he had just pulled the trigger and been all stealth-like, he won. Yeah, whoops. And then, like, just hide it behind his back. Yeah, he would have realized (laughs) that the gun wasn't real. Nothing. Yeah, nothing? Hi? (laughs) Don't shoot my friend? (laughs) So Kenny and Nathan get gunned down yeah. by Mad Dog. I know both of them. And that's so sad. Like, Nathan, whatever. But Kenny, that was well, sad. Well, and think about this. What was Nathan's major line throughout this entire episode? Hey, guys, something's going on. No, no, no. It's your fault, Kenny. It's oh. your fault. Oh. Think about it. That's true. His death was Kenny's fault because he never told anyone yeah. that it was a toy gun. Yep, and yep, yeah, right. um, it, it's heartbreaking though too. This is quite literally the first scene I ever saw of Gungrave. When I told you I turned it on, and it was the third episode. This was the scene that I saw. Yeah, that's that's that's. And rough. I'm just like, holy moly! I want to watch this. <laughs> that was a, that's yeah. how it was. It was literally Kenny getting shot. Oh my god! They killed Kenny. Yes. Okay. <laughs> there. I oh, was waiting boy. for somebody to say it, but I was just going to go there. Bear shows up. And to rescue the other two boys, our main, our now main characters, because the only ones living. Yeah, I don't know if he's in, intentionally showing no, up to save them. I don't he think just, he is. He just, he's, to he's, be... he just showed up at the not so nick of time. He seems to be showing up to look for Jester. Actually, finds him, but yeah, lie. finds him and, and says, "Big Daddy's not going to be happy about this," and closes his eyes. <laughs> wow! Um, 
And Mad Dog and Bear wind up in a huge gun battle. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, this is it's actually kind of yeah. cool. It, it is for a few seconds, and then Mad Dog gets totally trounced. Mm-hmm. Oh God, like, yes, he didn't stand a chance. Yeah, and this is the guy that gunned down all these characters that we have already started to like build relationships and establish as important. And then this other guy comes in to again up the ante. It has much higher HP. Now think of this. Think of this. Yeah, that's the thing. Who have we seen Lad uh, kill? Jolis, who was a kid wearing a, an apron that said "peace." A common Nathan. Yeah, Nathan. Uh, you know, a tough guy who could who that's all he was was he was just some muscle bound second level fighter rogue. Right, Kenny, <laughs> yeah. a kid. With a fake Two levels of road. Yeah. A, a fake gun. <laughs> and then a bunch of scientists. You know, none of these guys are, are cold blooded killers. Modrons. What kind of criminal element that he took out were small timers, probably petty thieves in the first place. Yeah. He was a big Except except for Jester. Right. But but how did he take Jester out? He took him out. Sneak attack yeah, damage. Sn- yeah, did a, did a sneak attack. <laughs> Double damage. Yeah. You know, plus so many D six die damage. Yeah. Exactly. So yes, he's got levels of assassins. So it, it was automatic crit. <laughs> so so the whole thing was was yeah, he was a barracuda in with a bunch of minnows that snuck snuck attack an, another barracuda and then just got ran Ooh, into barracuda. a shark. There is there are levels of that of that like fish aquarium aquarium <laughs> like 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 uh like analogy there. There's a lot of layers. Uh, a lot of depths, if you will, Ooh. to it. <laughs> well, if we're gonna look at it, if Fun. we're gonna look at it as Ow! <laughs> <laughs> that that should just be the title of the episode. Ow! I don't even know how to spell that. how many W's, how many vowels. Oh, no, no, no. Is, isn't no. it more? Yeah, da, da, da. yeah, because that's a Who song, isn't it? Yeah, I, you, you could just like. <laughs> Yeah, sound like brackets on the yeah sound effect. <laughs> uh, hey, yes. so I, let's let's bring this episode home. So how does this how does it all play out? Uh, well, Bear just brings Mad Dog down, doesn't kill him. He tosses the gun to uh, Harry and Brandon and goes, "There you go, Avenger buddies." But Mad Dog just goes diving for it immediately. Bear pulls a Derringer and kills him. Derringered him, but I think it was more along the lines of was that Harry and uh, Brandon were hesitating though too. He tosses them the guns oh, and yeah. they're like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, it's like he's testing. Like maybe he expects more out of them because mm-hmm. because his, his comment afterwards. So he just tells them at this point he's like, "Hey, you clean up this mess." Which three dead bodies? What the fuck? What am I going to do about that? Right. He's like, and I'm going to go uh, go get the girl. And then later on, we cut to Brandon and Harry having found Deed, and Harry executes him. Yeah. Dude, that scene was dark, too, because, you know, they're, they're having this conversation back and forth, and, you know, and, and Deed is trying to beg for his life. Well, and the scene opens and... with the, the barrel being pushed into his forehead. Yeah. And and you have you have Brandon there who you you kind of expect, the way he looks, and, like, the, the expression that he makes once Harry pulls a trigger, like, he doesn't expect Harry to do so. Right. He expects Correct. Harry to let him go. Mm-hmm. And he says, like, he's, I can't remember the line, but something about, like, you know, like, I, I give you the gift of death. Right. Yeah. It, it's, yep. well, it's gut wrenching, too, because you, you get, once again, Deed being a coward. He's like whimpering. He's like, I didn't mean to yeah. go this far. And, and, you know, you realize he's just, you know, he's some, he's some 
punk who got in way over his head because he was the younger brother of this big of this big bad mafioso right. who really wasn't all that big or right. bad. You know, he was just some scumbag killing killing a bunch of kids and unarmed uh, unarmed scientists. I mean, how yeah. badass was Lad? I don't think he was all that great. But yeah, it's just gut wrenching. It, it's, it's almost like the little brother thinks his big brother is way cooler than he really is. Why are you looking at me when you say that? Because we're on Zoom. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I, th- I thought you were implying something else. So yeah, that's the end of the episode, right? Well, the the whole gift of life, th- or the whole gift of death thing, then cuts to more of the pseudo philosophical nonsense where they're. You know, life is a coin with life and death, and we can each give everybody life or everybody death, and we chose death this time, I guess. And I, I don't know. It, it kind of Bill, the way you say it, it makes it not cool. <laughs> it's because it's not. Brandon, Brandon says. I it's guess when you think cool. about it, Brandon's either a really deep thinker, or that he's, he's a, or he's, he's a, a really deep thinker, or, or he's a deep philosophical thinker. Because he's dead. Neither. He's a fucking edgelord, and I'm, I'm, I'm here for it this time. <laughs> yeah, it, it's edgelord poetry is all it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm fucking here for it. I'm, I'm here for it. And I will mock it. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Hey, that's the end of episode three. That's Rain. And then we also reviewed episode two, Young Dogs. It's a twofer. Ooh. We're already three episodes in the gun grave. All right. A new record. Hey, uh, this is the we, part where we have never about. been this far to the gun grave in the past. <laughs> This is the part of the show where we talk about our thoughts. Uh, since Bill and I both reviewed an episode, I think we'll we'll change up a format. Josh, I'm going to have oh, you start. Okay. Thoughts on these I, two I was going to say, you guys just give your thoughts at the exact same time. Just make a cacophony <laughs> of talking. Be like the uh, presidential God, no. debate. No, not again. <laughs> Never again. Because he has coronavirus. Shut up, man. Let him have it. But anywho. <laughs> they would. He just took his ball and went home. <laughs> Yeah, well, anywho, yeah. well but... if you could turn my microphone off, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, tell but, us about tell us about. I, I think they are a great establishing story. Gives you the idea of what exactly were the what was the big circumstance that changed Harry and Brandon's life. It's obvious, at least from the outset, that they've been operating for a long for a while now for 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 a handful of years. You know, they've they've got a small crew together. They're probably doing small cons and, you know, petty thievery. They weren't big time gangsters or anything like that. They were getting by. And the big inciting moment was crossing Lad and Lad just laying out their other friends and as well as uh, Maria's uncle and just about anyone that just ran afoul of this of this asshole. And they I think it kind of gives you the idea that they just saw their childhood get murdered in cold blood and a rain drenched alley. Now we're going to see them living in this cruel, brutal, harsh world. Like they've been, yeah, they've been living in it, but they were still like how most kids saw that. Saw it. they were probably thinking, Oh yeah, we'll get by. We're just, we can, we can do this. We're, we're invincible. And then they saw the harshness and randomness of, um, Ram, random. the world. Ramdong. <laughs> That's some harsh Ramdong. And, you you already see how it's how how rap, that harsh brutal world already has changed Harry. You know he was okay. this happy go lucky yeah. you know kid, and the minute that everything went it went to pot, he embraced it in an instant and and killed Lad or Deed. I mean killed Deed, 
and in such a cold way too. And, and all the while Brandon's still like, what the F man? <laughs> it's good. It's really good. I mean, you don't expect to see these, these characters die so quickly. So it was, it was, it was so good. Just, this is what hooked me when I saw, when I did first see the series and helped me not look back and, and think badly of it because it was so good. Yeah, I like the crime story. I like the characters. I like that they pulled no punches. I like this far better. It's a night and day difference between episode one and these two episodes. Episode one is a very different feel, very video gamey, very actiony. Yeah, this one is much more story based, and I still marvel at how they took a concept like Gungrave the video game set it up in that first episode to feel like that, and then pulled the rug out from underneath everyone who was watching it to be like, nope, actually, we're going to do a crime story. And I just, I, that takes guts. Uh, and that's a balls, it was a ballsy move, and it was a good move because episode one is not sustainable for a long period of time. This, however, is very much sustainable because we're focusing on a very character-heavy kind of view of, of this world, and uh, I enjoy it very much. I... Agree totally. I think, yeah, I was not in for it with Weiss on the first episode. Um, I was like, what the fuck is happening and why? I do enjoy crime movies and crime shows, and so I was into it. I wouldn't have hated if they built up the crew a little longer before killing them, just just to make the impact hit harder. Because uh, at this point, we've, we've seen them parse partway through two episodes, so it didn't hit you as hard that as, you know, if we really built up who these, like... The Joe guy in the first episode, we, you know, he was nothing but a prop to be killed right away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think they could have done that a little better. They could have made, cranked up the noir and the grit and the the bleakness of it. Yeah. But overall, it was it was pretty good. To to, to counter that statement about at least Jolis there, Bill, think about this though: that you didn't have time to to see this character develop, but you could already tell he was like this. Oh, he must have been this really nice guy, and then immediately die at the end of the second episode without any further development may have helped create that noir grit that you're you're referring to, though, too. I think it, I still think it would have had more impact if we knew who he was, you know, aside from a prop. Well, either way, we're done with these two episodes. We'll be back next time for episode four, which is titled Go. And uh, Josh, are you ready to take us out? Once again, this has been Tuning Japanese, a podcast where three dudes in their 30s see their childhood get brutally murdered in an alleyway in their 30s and talk about anime. And I'm going to stop talking and uh, go somewhere. I'm Josh. You know I'm bird dogging Bill's little sugar loaf over here. That was going to be the dessert when I uh, stay behind to make dinner for five. Yes, <laughs> I'm, oh. I'm Andy, and he's Bill. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Sugar loaf. Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. For more information, visit our website, tuningjapanese.com, like our Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, and follow our Twitter at tuningjapanese. You can also get a hold of the show by sending us an email at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Check out our YouTube channel and our new series, Tuning RPG, by searching for Tuning Japanese or Tuning RPG on YouTube.com. Please help support the show by going to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and review. 
You can also go to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese to get all kinds of bonus content and help support the show monetarily. Seriously, be like these great patrons. Superfan Matt, Brian Nash, and Cameron Baer. Carabelle. Oh, wait a sec. You look familiar. Hey, you're bare walking, aren't you? <laughs> Isn't this a treat? One of Millennium's top execs has come to pay a visit to me in person. Millennium? Big Daddy isn't gonna like this. <laughs> <laughs> 